Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm real excited to be here. I'm glad that all of you came, and God's got something good for you today. God's got something good for all of us here today, and I'm glad to be standing here in this pulpit preaching on His behalf today through the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And so I want you to please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 90, as we delve into this new series called One Cause. <clears throat> Over the next couple of weeks, today and tomorrow, I hope to help you turn your hearts and your mind and your understanding into a new direction, into a fresh direction, and a new understanding, a revelation that God has for your life. I mean, this is a wonderful we find these wonderful truths in the Word of God. We just came out of a series called What Have We Become? And in that series, we learned that Christ became sin. He became a curse. He became poor. He became wounded. He became the Son of Man. And all that was in exchange for you to become something else, something different than what you were. You became rich. You became blessed. You became the righteousness of God in Christ. You became healed. And ultimately, you became the sons of God. That's a beautiful thought. That we, especially us Gentiles, who were so far outside of this covenant, so far just strangers to the covenants of promise, the Bible says, have now been, by the blood of Jesus, brought near. Boy, that was a good place to say amen right there. You've been brought near now by His blood, by His sacrifice, not by anything that you could do. You could never measure up. We could, do, we, we could try on our best day and still utterly fail. But Jesus accomplished what needed to happen for us. And today we come boldly before the throne of grace today as His children because as He is, what? So are we in this world. And building on top of that truth, building on top of that, we're going to move right into this new series called One Cause. And I want to give you a couple of ideas before we look at this scripture today, a, th a couple of thoughts that I was talking to Heather about this and even, even told the early service that I'm grateful to God that I don't wonder where my life is going or what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Don't wake up in the morning misguided. Uh, well, Heather might think I'm misguided, but I'm <laughs> maybe in, in, in household chores, but not in, not in what I'm called to do. Because God did something in my life a long time ago at a very young age that, that marked me, that changed me forever. And when I was about nine years old, I just had a heart for my family, especially my mom's side of the family. A lot of them weren't saved. Mom came out of an, an I mean, her testimony is just phenomenal, the, the situation that she came out of, the, the childhood that she had, and, and where she is today. By the way, they're both in Branson, Missouri, enjoying all of that stuff out there. They're on vacation, her and Pastor John. And uh, let me say one more testimony before I move forward. Uh, I was talking to Pastor Jeremy this week, and you guys know what great things are going on in our youth ministry that... that uh, um, you know, he got asked to come speak at a conference in El Paso, and um, like I told you, the youth pastor there runs about 800 youth, you know, and, but he told Jeremy, he said, I don't need you to learn from me, I need to learn from you because you have 30% of your church. Amen. He, he runs 10% of his church, and Jeremy runs, our youth is 30% of our church attendance. Isn't that amazing? And uh, yeah, and it's just, it's just phenomenal. But last month, 41 teens gave their lives to Jesus Christ. This month... This month, 16 have already given their lives to Christ. That's just amazing. It's awesome. So I want to thank God. Praise God. Amen. And uh, anyway, but when I was about nine years old, I was specifically out of my heart for one of my uncles, my mom's brother, and, and he was a rough guy, I mean, real rough guy, biker, and, and, and lived that whole lifestyle, you know. You ever seen the movie Roadhouse? That, that was his life. 
And, uh, and he was working on his motorcycle one day out, out beside my grandma's house. And, and I remember as, as, a, as a kid, I just was always praying for him. Mom was, all, mom was always encouraging us to pray for our family, you know, that, that I had all come to the saving knowledge of Christ and, and experienced the good life like we did. And I remember I was so overcome with compassion for my uncle that day. And I stood there trembling with, beside him with tears running down my face, begging him to give his life to Jesus. And, of course, he was like, well, Eric, it's fine. I'm, I'm doing just fine. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not doing fine. You're not doing fine. You might, you might be thinking all this is good, but it's not going to be good later on. You've got to give your life to Jesus. Let me just say this today. He has given his life to Christ since then, praise God. And uh, things, are going, things are going a lot better in his life. But at that time, I, mean, I, just, had this, I just wanted him to save so much. And, and, I, and uh, even in our little community there in Thackerville, uh, I'd, I would go door knocking. I was telling my kids about the go knocking on doors at that young age and asking people, please give the hearts to Jesus. And when I was 10 years old, I came to uh, our church service there in Victory Chapel one Sunday morning because I always had this, I'd had this routine that I needed to get my eyes prayed for every week. Now, you guys, many of you have heard this story that because I, I wore these glasses and I hated wearing those glasses, because my mom didn't care about fashion or style concerning my glasses. All she cared about was how, how cheap they were. And, uh, and it seems like the cheaper the glasses were, the bigger they got, you know? And so as a third grader, I've got these big old, you know, things on my face, windows on my face. And, uh, and so I, I faced a lot of ridicule as a result. Of, and also being the smallest kid in class didn't help either. So, uh, and, and, you know, Pastor John would try to help me out, you know, you know, come with comeback lines, you know, and uh, I, they, I'd tell them, they always tell me I have four eyes, and he'd say, well, you know, just tell them that four eyes is better than half a brain, and I would say that, and then they would beat me up, and so <laughs> didn't help my, didn't help my cause at all, and I was just a beat up looking nerd, <laughs> amen, but uh, so every Sunday, I would come up, and I would, I would get, Pastor Ronnie Roper would always ask us, you know, he'd say, he'd say, who, who needs prayer this week? Sure enough, here comes a little nerd walking up. I want my eyes prayed for, you know, please. And, uh, uh, well, this particular Sunday in June of 1982, just before I was turning 11, I uh, came up for prayer just like normal, and he prayed over me, and I was about to walk back to my seat. And my mother said, Pastor Ronnie, can we pray for him again? I was like, yeah, two prayers equals eyes healed today. This is it. And uh, so, so I, I, tur- I turned around and got ready for my prayer, and, and he said, what, what do you want to pray about? Miss Holler, and she said, well, I've been having these nightmares about him, that, that he's dying. That's not what I wanted to hear at that point. That was not what I was expecting, and it scared the fire out of me. It really did. When mom thinks you're going to die, well, you know, you're going to die. And uh, so I was trying to do my best to prepare to meet my maker. You know, every Sunday, I think I'd fix the salvation thing because we, we come up every Sunday with into my heart. All the kids would come up, into my heart, come into my heart. Lord. You know, so I felt like that was pretty good. <laughs> but, but I just wasn't really satisfied at that point with the length of time I'd been on the earth. But I was scared. I was afraid. And um, my grandfather was an elder in the church at that time. My dad, he was assisting this pastor and so they all, he said, just gather around, let's pray for Eric. So they all began to pray for me, and he looked up, and I, I don't know if he was trying to encourage me or trying to discourage me, but it felt discouraging when he said, church, pray like you've never prayed before, you know, 
And I'm thinking, please, everybody together on this deal. I want to make it out of here alive today. And uh, so they're praying, they're praying over me. And, uh, and I don't remember, I don't, remember the, the, I don't know how long it took, but it just seemed like a very short amount of time. But some major things happened at that moment. I remember all of a sudden not being able to breathe and, and, and really fighting for air. And, uh, and so it was scaring me. And, and, the, and the more that happened, the, the more afraid I got. You know how it works. And, and, I, and, and all of a sudden, in the midst of all that turmoil, all that fear, and all that worry and anxiety, I felt just this touch on the top of my head. I mean, everybody else, they had their hands on me, but this was a different kind of touch. I can't explain it. I just felt something different, a touch on the top of my head and this warm feeling shot from my head all the way down my feet. I mean, like rocket fuel. And, it, and at that point, I thought it was over. I mean, I thought my spirit had just jolted right out of my body at that moment, and I was gone. And so I woke I opened my eyes, and I, my dad standing in front of me. I said, Dad! And he looked at me like, what's going on? And I said, Dad, I'm supposed to preach. I knew right there God had marked my life. I knew from that moment forward it Things would be different. I couldn't explain it. I felt so strange. I felt like I was in a whole new world. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't even talk to my friends about it. All of them just thought I was even weirder at that, at that point. You know, and trying to, trying to gather all these thoughts and, and trying to fight the fear of, of, I always thought the devil was out to kill me. And always fighting that fear, staying up late nights, scared to go to sleep. And my dad would stay up with me and encourage me, son, it's going to be all right. I mean, it was just, I was in this battle all of a sudden. I, I had this whole new reality on life, and I, I knew it was called for his purpose, but it was, a scary, it was a scary feeling at the same time. And being in a great man of faith's home that I was, and great woman of faith, and, and what was the best thing for me, because I don't know what would have happened if I wouldn't have had that. But I knew if from that point forward... I knew that I was marked, and, and even no matter how much I tried to escape that at times or try to run from it or maybe, maybe try to pursue something different, God made that, that moment so memorable and so real to me that I could never run away from it. And ever since that time, I've always wanted to make a difference. I've always wanted to do something for God. I've always wanted to do something for His kingdom, especially in preaching the Word. So I stand here before you today, called by God to do this very thing. And you are the fortunate audience. Come on, I may have a good amen today. <laughs> but maybe your experience was different than mine. Probably was. Maybe, maybe, maybe sitting here today or listening to this message on CD, that you have wondered... And you do wonder why you're here and why you're alive. And you question what is life all about and what is your part in it. And maybe in searching for meaning, you found yourself in situations. Maybe in searching for meaning, you, you entered into some bad relationships in your life. Maybe in searching for significance and meaning in this life, you went, you've gone down the pathway of alcohol or drugs and or both, whatever the case may be, trying to find significance. But whatever it was, whatever, you found, whatever path you found yourself down, you came to this realization. There still must be more. Huh? There still must be more than what I'm experiencing right now. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today, you're right. 
There is more to life. There is more. God has marked you. God has marked you for His plan and for His purpose. Are you hearing me today? You were born for a cause. I want you to just say that today. I was born for a cause. Your life is not the result of some twist of fate. Your life is a part of God's predetermined purpose. And your happiness in this life, ladies and gentlemen, is directly affected by the cause of God and His kingdom and your special place in it. Over in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, before we look at that, I want to just give you just a definition, a dictionary definition of the word cause. And it is a principle, an aim, or movement that because of a deep commitment, one is prepared to defend or advocate. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Or that we may apply our lives to wisdom. And I think if all of us in this room today, in living life, we would all choose to have wisdom in this life. Amen? I know I need wisdom. I know you need wisdom. Amen? Because there is no premium on living in the land of dumb. One of the characteristics of wisdom is that we learn, according to this verse, that we learn to number our days. God, help us. Give us an understanding that life is a gift. And today and every day is not something to be sloughed off, is not something to be wasted, but it is a gift from Almighty God. Let me say it like this. There are people that woke up yesterday morning that did not wake up this morning. But you did. You're here. Right now. Lord, teach us to number our days. So what, what will you do with the years? What will you do with these months and these weeks and these days and these hours and these minutes that God has given you? What will you do with these things? cause, if any, will define your life? How will you be remembered? What legacy will you leave behind? These questions, all the answers to these questions lies in each and every one of you sitting here today. There are many causes in life. Some positive, some negative. And all of them are pulling on our commitment. They're pulling on our passion, pulling on our time, they're pulling on our money. There, there are family causes, there's work causes, there are social causes. Many of them are good. But there is a cause that is greater than all other causes. And this cause is greater because when it's lived, when it's embraced, when it's realized, it will impact every area of your life. This cause, when lived, it gives meaning, it gives purpose, and it gives direction to every day. There are some causes that we could get involved in that would give us meaning in a week, a meaningful month, or even a meaningful day. But this cause, when embraced and understood, not only will it make every day valuable, not only will it make every day meaningful, not only will it influence 
your choices and your decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, this cause will influence how you decide, how you think. And don't you know that today sitting here that you are where you are and who you are by the decisions and the choices that you have made in life. Hmm? But this cause will affect those. And not only will it affect your, those, but it will also set your children on a pathway to success. This cause will also help you to be a blessing to others, to impact somebody else's life. It will positively do that. And this cause is the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said this cause is the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ faced an innocent, innocent man he was, went through a mockery of a trial that's still talked about today. And during this trial, it's amazing, you can read it, the accounts that he never defended himself. They just accused and they hurled accusations at him and they, they, they did all these, they called him this and that, and he just didn't defend himself. Turn over to John chapter 18, we're going to see something really powerful here. He's standing before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, eventually brought before him, and, he's, and Pilate's asking these, these questions, and he doesn't answer him until Pilate says this in verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into this world. For this cause. Isn't it amazing that Jesus knew with certainty that he had conviction and said, I was born for this cause. His cause was so right that he was willing to die for it and did. His entire life was summarized by this statement, for this cause. I ask you today, ladies and gentlemen, do you have such surety and boldness that you can answer this question like Christ did? I was born for this cause. And there's a famous quote that many of you have heard in here. It says, everyone who is born dies, but not everyone who dies truly lives. God does not want you and I to die full of potential. He wants you and I to enjoy living life for something worth dying for. Amen? When His cause sustains your life, your life will never be the same again. <laughs> you know, your, your birth might not have been ideal. I had a good friend of mine a few year, years ago tell me, Eric, you are so lucky to have the parents that you have. You have no idea. Man, if I could move into your house today, I would do it. And I didn't understand that at the time. I mean, I thought everybody had good parents at home. It took me a while to wake up to that fact. You'd probably laugh at me if I told you how old I was. when it, I mean, I was in high school when, I, when it dawned on me that not everybody had the kind of life that I had. That, that not everybody had the kind of parents in the, in the home that I had as a kid. And, and not only him, I mean, it wasn't just him that told me this. A lot of other friends told me that on a regular basis. Man, you're so lucky to have the mom and dad you have. And I felt like I had the strictest parents on the planet 
I'm like, well, if you just live with me for a day, you would, you would forget that thought, you know. <laughs> That's not true. But I didn't understand it. But he's the one that helped open my eyes to a different reality. See, I, I, I was born into a family that wanted me. I was born into a family that lived in a home that I was never verbally or emotionally or physically abused. I was, I was, I was never uh, 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 rejected. And I was always told that I was loved. I never knew what it was like to have a dad come home drunk. I, ne- I never knew what it was like to have a dad just not come home. And I didn't understand and, and realize the privilege that that was. Today, I really understand it. And I really appreciate it. I was privileged to be born into the family that I was born into. Hmm. You know what? Your birth might not have been ideal, and maybe you didn't get good parents. Maybe you were abused, and maybe you were raised in a a family full of crazy people. Hmm? And because of that, you often ask the question and wonder what your life is all about and why in the world you're here. You know, there's this worship song that song sings called with everything there's a line in that song that says let hope arise and darkness tremble ladies and gentlemen i want to say to you today that whatever situation you come out of let hope arise and let the darkness in your life begin to tremble because i want you to know today that though your family was not disney world and maybe that you got, you, you got here as a result of a man and woman who just got together not meaning on your existence. I am here to tell you today that you were born for a cause greater than yourself. Listen to what I have to say here. There is in every one of our lives a because factor. You're here because. God, your Father, has a plan and a purpose which is greater than your funky, flaky family. Are you hearing me today? Amen. His purpose is greater than all the mistakes that you ever have or ever will make. I want to say that one again. I said His his purpose, His plan is greater than all the mistakes that you have made or ever will make. Now, I don't know where you started or how you got here, but you know what? That's not really important that I know that today. Because no matter your life, how it began, or how it has, you know, led up till right here, right now in this service, turn over to Jeremiah chapter 1. I want you to see a really wonderful thing today. Jeremiah chapter 1. How, how, how you began or where you're at sitting in this room here today, that doesn't Matter, I will tell you this one thing that is for certain, though. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Let that sink in for just a moment. 
Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before your mother, before your father ever got together, before sperm met egg, God knew you. He knew everything about you too. Yeah, you didn't take him by surprise. You might have took mom and dad by surprise, but you didn't take him by surprise. All the good and all the bad and all the ugly and all the in-between, he knew about all of it. Come on. He knew everything about you before you were born. Look, look at this. And before you came out of the, of the womb, I separated you or I sanctified you. I separated you into myself. Before you were born, he separated you into his self and his purpose and his plan. God didn't call you when you were born. He called you to himself before you were conceived. You were born because your father has a plan for you on planet earth. You were born for the cause of the king and his kingdom. You may be saying, well, pastor, that all sounds real nice, but that's not the kind of life I'm experiencing right now. That's not the kind of understanding I have. I mean, I have been abused. I have been hurt. I have done things that I'm horribly ashamed of. Hey, 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 hey. Whatever has happened to you, whatever messes you've made. Listen, Jesus Christ was born in a messy, smelly stable. Hmm? If anybody started off rocky, it was him. Not only that, but he had this cloud of wonderment over his life. Because as the oldest son, he's supposed to be named after his father. But he wasn't named Ben-Joseph. So, here's the suspicion. Who is this child? He had the suspicion that he was illegitimate. When he'd go to school, they'd talk about him at school. He'd walk the streets. People would whisper to one another, walk it, watching him. Hmm? And even as he grew older, when he got into his ministry, many times they tried to kill him. They hated him. They ridiculed him, constantly questioning his authority. By what authority do you do these things? But you know what? Jesus had lots of reasons to fail. You might have lots of reasons to fail. Let me tell you what, he never lived his life from a place of insecurity and rejection. He, why? Because he had a cause. The cause of the king and his kingdom, it puts everything, especially the hard times in your life, into proper perspective. See, when Jesus stood before Pilate and he said, for this cause, I was born, he knew what was coming. He knew that that scourge, that Roman scourge, was coming. When he stated, for this cause I was born, he knew that he was going to be nailed to that cross. He knew that that crown of thorns was going to be crushed down upon his head. He knew that he would become sin. He knew that he would become a curse. He knew that he would become poor. He knew that he would be wounded. He knew that forever at this moment he would be the Son of Man. For what? For this cause. 
that you would become the righteousness of God in Christ, that you would become healed, that you would become rich, that you would become blessed, that you would become sons of God. And that cause pushed him through. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, that's you, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. Once you understand the power of Christ's cause in your life, everything in your life falls into place. Your job your marriage, your relationships, your family, how you face the day, how you live your life. See, the cause is what gives you the strength. The cause is what gives you the courage. The cause of Christ is what gives you the power. The cause of Christ is what gives you the understanding. It's what gives you the proper perspective in this life. It's what helps you to set your children on the pathway to success. It's what enables you to bless others in this life. And Jesus said it so wonderfully. In one verse, what I've been saying this whole time this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, or that is His way of doing business, and everything else will fall into place. All of these things will be added unto you. I want to encourage you today, church, to look beyond your own life and look beyond even the vision that you have in this life. Because here's the thing. A vision is something that a person possesses. But a cause is what possesses a person. It's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. Amen? It's the thing that keeps you making the right decisions, keeps you out of places and keeps you in places, keeps you out of certain relationships and keeps you in certain relationships. Are you hearing me this morning? Hmm? It's that cause that, because you understand that in all this great plan of God that is greater, this cause that is greater and is bigger than you, your part in it is what makes it so great. Hallelujah. So as a church, let's do something great, huh? Let's live for the king and his kingdom. Let's be lights out in this community. And wherever you go, well, your job, wherever God has you at this point, in this time, in this life, be that light that shines bright out there. Live for the cause. Huh? And let's be, a, let's be a city set on a hill. Let's be a light that shines forth bright in this community. Hmm? Let's not just be one more church that people can go to. Let's be the church that makes the difference. Amen. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. Let's be the church that our city can't live without. Huh? Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.